folks, welcome back to TBD with Yvette and Yayo. Thank you so much for tuning in. We just heard Respect by the one and only Aretha Franklin because that is what we are demanding today. <laughs> uh, respect and recognition for some of music's most influential black women. Yes, and I know for me growing up listening to rock music, I seldom saw black women as part of that scene. Um, but it's time to undo the whitewashing and re-educate ourselves. Um, yes. Yeah, and That's I know you brought up the subject, and after watching the segment um, on Trevor Noah's The Daily Social Distancing Show about black women and the suffrage movement, I was like, you know, we got to do it. We got to teach people about the black women of rock and roll. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, yo, before we get started, how are you? I'm good. Chilling, drinking some tea. Um, you know, I went on a nice bike ride yesterday <laughs> uh, with some friends. I got a really cool new Janis Joplin t-shirt, which cool. I was real stoked about. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, what about you, Yvette? I'm just dying in this L.A. heat, but whatever. <laughs> I'll survive. <laughs> Things could be worse. <laughs> I just keep thinking that all the time. Honestly, whenever it gets this hot, I think of the time I was in India, and I remember one day being 113 degrees, oh. and I will never forget that day. So whenever it's like 95, 97... I'm just like, you know what? At least it's not 113 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> That's what I compare it to. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, my God. I know. Uh, whatever. Fall is almost here. Although we don't have real fall, but whatever. It's still exciting. <laughs> no, I'm, dude, I'm excited for fall, especially in the Northeast. You get, like, all the pretty colors. Um, yeah. And I think some friends and I are going to go camping, so yeah, I'm real stoked about that. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. I love fall. It's my favorite season. Although, just a few days ago, I was thinking about how we won't be celebrating Halloween this year. Shut I mean, up! We can from, <laughs> we can from home. Don't remind me! I like to celebrate Halloween, because... If you are my friend, you know I go hard on Halloween. So it sucks that I won't be able to throw a party this year, but I'm going to try and dress up home. Yeah. And we'll see. Celebrate here. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I still want to find a way to celebrate, but I want to celebrate, like, I've been thinking, I thought about this last year. Um, Halloween is, like, my favorite holiday ever. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, we're so mates. <laughs> But I, I want to make an altar, like my mm. first ever altar. Um, yeah. And I wanted to have like a dinner and maybe like invite some friends and we could like, you know, yeah. do something fun like that. But well, maybe I could do it on a smaller scale. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. And my mom, growing up, my mom always put up an altar. Um, and I put up a few... Uh, yeah, I want to do that again. It's fun. It's cool. Dia de los Muertos is awesome. Yeah. We don't talk about it enough. 
god anyway let's get back on <laughs> before we digress yes so like yeah you'll say it said uh, today we are going to be talking about the forgotten black women of rock and roll and their influence so basically what we're gonna do is we are going to give credit where credit is due because there are so many black women that we need to thank and acknowledge for their gift to us, which is rock and roll. Um, not that that's the only thing they've contributed, but that's what we're going to focus on today. So some of this history I already knew, but it was so much fun to do research because I learned a lot and I just kept like clicking away, uh, which is uh, something I do all the time. <laughs> so I learned a lot. Um, yeah, um, I learned a lot too. Uh, like I said, I was never, I never saw women in rock and roll, never equated black women with rock and roll. So it was really cool to like, really be like, oh, wow, they've actually influenced a lot. And they've influenced a lot of like the men that are credited for starting rock and roll, which I think says a lot, you know? Um, yes, we are going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and so I guess like a very basic definition of rock and roll is uh, rock and roll is a type of popular music originating in the 1950s, characterized by a heavy beat and simple melodies. Rock and roll was an amalgam of black rhythm and blues and white country music with an instrumentation of guitar, bass, and drums. I think a lot of times we think about rock and roll and we don't really think about its definition, so... Thank you for defining that for us. So before we uh, we introduce you to our first song, I am going to share a quote with everyone that I want you to keep in mind as we discuss uh, all of this women and their influence. This is by Malcolm X, and it is, The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. So this is from his speech, Who Taught You to Hate Yourself. So just keep that in mind as we are going through all of these songs and all of these women. So let's get to it. Let's listen to that first song. <laughs> Yes, I didn't need to know it did, I didn't need, oh, 
Sister Rosetta Tharp with Didn't It Rain? And if you are not familiar with the name Sister Rosetta Tharp, after this you will be, because she is the godmother of rock and roll. Uh, this is a song that she covered. It's not originally by her. Uh, she covered it in 1948. And Sister Rosetta Tharp basically shaped much of what we know as rock and roll. Uh, like I said, Didn't It Rain was originally a gospel song, a working song, so a song that uh, slaves sang in the plantation. Um, she was one of the first recording artists to use heavy distortion in her electric guitar, which is basically what characterizes blues. And she also incorporated gospel into it, which eventually that mix transformed into rock. Uh, she was born March 20th, uh, 1915. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. That's why she was great. That explains it all. <laughs> uh, uh, she was born in Cotton Plant, Arkansas. I always have problems pronouncing that state. Anyway, she became popular <laughs> in the 1930s and 1940s with her gospel recordings. And she pushed spiritual music into the mainstream. So she helped pioneer the rise of pop gospel music. And in 1938, she recorded a song called Rock Me, crossing the line between the sacred and the secular, which was a big deal for someone who grew up in the church. You know? Yeah. Like, rock me? What, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I... I uh, have I had already heard of Sister Rosetta Tharp in the past, but I didn't like do much research about her. I didn't know much about her until recently, and I found out that she was queer. So that was really interesting to know. By the time she was thirty, uh, she had been married twice. Uh, she like married a preacher when she was nineteen, but after several relationships. Uh, she got married to a woman, and she was very open about her sexuality in the industry. Uh, but she she didn't she kept this a secret from the public though. Uh, but everyone who knew her knew she was both into men and women. So when she met her partner Mary Knight, they teamed up uh, and wrote a hit called "Up Above My Head," and they began touring together. And it was such a radical act to perform as two queer black women uh, in a relationship in the late 1940s. So, damn, she was badass. That's crazy. I feel like you don't... I I had actually never really heard of Sister Rosetta Tharp until you told me about her. But mm -hmm. the fact that they could keep that a secret... Is like so crazy to me. Although, maybe it was easier to keep that a secret back then, you know? <laughs> right? No social media, no paparazzi stalking you all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see how. Yeah, but uh, like I said, she was open about it with uh, her friends and people in the music industry, but she wasn't out there just like flaunting it. So eventually, in the early 1950s, uh, her career began 
uh, to dwindle because uh, in the U.S., white men started taking over rock, the rock and roll scene and experimenting with the sounds she originally forged. So, you know, white men taking over everything, <laughs> like always. <laughs> yeah, so she went on to influence Chuck Berry, Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, but it sucks that her name doesn't ring a bell like all of these other artists. You know, when you say Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley, and all that, you're like, oh, yes, like, the pioneers of rock and roll. But because of the erasure of black women from history and because black women are always left out of the conversation, no one really talks about Sister Rosetta Tharp. So here we are, re-educating ourselves. Yeah. And oh, rock and sorry, roll. You hear a lot of noise. No. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I fe- there's there's cars outside, out of control. Uh, I'm in my living room because it's too hot to be in the room. So, excuse the background noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But it sounds like you know white men just Columbus. Have you ever heard that term like Columbusing? <laughs> uh, no. But I, I, I feel like I understand what it means. <laughs> just columbus in on rock and roll basically like showing up and being like oh look what i discovered like oh look what i came up with yeah so listen to sister rosetta tharp uh she has really cool stuff and i hope you learned something and now i think it's yayo's turn to share a song (laughs) some people think little girls should be seen and not heard but i think
Vintage Up Yours from X-Ray Specs uh, from their album Germ-Free Adolescence, uh, released in 1978. <laughs> so this song... That was such a good song. Yeah, it's... A, <laughs> I love it. A lot of fun. I've, I've actually been listening to them all day today. Um, <laughs> and that song is actually acknowledged as a punk rock classic. Um... And it was the first single off of X-Ray Specs' only album. They only ever released one album. Um, and the band itself was formed in 1976 by Polly Starin, who became the band's public figure, the face of the band, and remains one of the most memorable front women in the punk rock movement. And um, when reading about Polly, she seems like, she like exudes like that punk rock, I don't give a fuck kind of <laughs> attitude. That attitude? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Starin was born um, Marion Joan Elliot Sade in Bromley, Kent, England to a British mother and a Somali father. So she's mixed race. Um, and she actually grew up in Brixton where we stayed at when we were in London, uh, which I thought was a Ooh, cool fun Brixton. fact. Um, but Where we partied until 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, we did. <laughs> Fun time. Um, and yeah, uh, Starin, at, at the age of 15, she ran, she ran away from home uh, with three euros in her pocket. Uh, three pounds in her pocket, because euros were not a thing at that time. Mm -hmm. But she And she hitchhiked from music festival to music festival. And... Upon seeing the Sex Pistols perform on her 19th birthday, uh, she was inspired to form her own band. And that's how X-Ray Specs was born. Um, Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, apparently she I, put out... I'd kill to see the Sex Pistols. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, yeah, apparently she put out an ad on, like, the Yellow Pages, um, mm -hmm. asking for people to be a part of this band. And, um... She described by Billboard as the archetype of the modern day feminist punk. Uh, she had a very orthodox look and she wore braces, like that was part of her look. And she had like this very like day glow wardrobe. And she was very much against being like the sex object female rock star, which I thought was really cool. Because <laughs> um, I think that it, in rock and roll, that's sort of like an image that's put out a lot. Um, yeah, definitely. And she was once known as stating, um, I said I wasn't a sex symbol and that if anybody tried to make me one, I'd shave my head tomorrow. Um, which apparently she did do <laughs> in Johnny Rotten's apartment once <laughs> uh, before a concert in Victoria Park. Um, and she was described as being a strange girl who talked a lot about hallucinating. Um, and she scared Johnny Rotten. <laughs> Uh, which I also thought was funny because Johnny Rotten has like this reputation of being like really punk rock as well and not liking anything mm -hmm. or anyone, but yeah. Wait, did were her hallucinations like <laughs> like drug induced hallucinations or just like she was just out there hallucinating naturally? Uh, so it, she later um. She was diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia. 
So mm, that's it. why she okay. was hallucinating. But she didn't know it at the time, you know? And she would just, like, talk about it. Yeah. And... Ah, that's scary. Yeah, and people just, like, sort of... She, so she freaked Johnny Rotten out, which I thought was funny. Yeah, and the x-ray specs, they, they were known as deliberate underachievers. And like I said, they only released one album <laughs> and had five singles. But, like, that one album that they made is considered, like, a classic punk rock album. Um, yeah. It's been on a lot of, like, lists of, like, best punk albums of all time. Um, and from the song that you heard, like, their two most distinctive musical elements are her voice uh which is just like ah i love it you know it was described i love this description yeah. but it was like it's a voice that can drill holes through sheet metal <laughs> <laughs> but like in a good way you know it's not like annoying and mm-hmm. um yeah and then the other part of that band was like you can there, there's a sax in there which i thought was cool um yeah and then the x-ray specs they had several different iterations, uh, including, I think the last one was in the 90s, but they had to cut that short because Starin was run over by a fire engine and she's fractured her pelvis, uh, which was crazy, yeah, and she survived, and then she launched a solo career and she dropped a couple albums, um, but she mm-hmm. changed her sound to something like a little bit more jazzy. Um, mm, got it. And she released her final album, uh, Generation Indigo, uh, uh, a day before she passed away. Um, and she passed away in 2011 from metastatic brain breast cancer. Yeah, but currently her daughter um, is crowdfunding to release a documentary film about polystyrene, which you can check out on Patreon if you um, can contribute on there. Uh, so, and the film's titled Polystyrene, I Am a Cliché, and it celebrates the life and work of her mom, and she actually released a book last year about her mom's life, um, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I'm going to add that to my reading list. <laughs> yeah. The title of the book is Dayglow, the Polystyrene Story. But yeah, it was so fun, like learning about Polly Starin. I had never heard of her before um, and watching her live performances on YouTube. She's got like this great energy, <laughs> which is just so cool. I, I also like, I, I, I don't think I know I can name any like punk rock front woman off the top of my head, to be honest. Yeah. Much less black punk rock women. Yeah. So yeah, so that's Polly Starin. <laughs> Yay, thanks for sharing that. I'm going to be listening to the song on repeat. (laughs) I'm just going to say up yours to everyone. (laughs) Everyone who makes me want to say a mean thing. (laughs) Yeah, actually that phrase was, um, a lot of people think it inspired the Riot Girl movement. You know, and then she has other lines in other songs where she, she talks about like, Oh, I don't know. I think the song is called um, Identity, but she says, like, a lot of, like, feminist little, like, blurbs here and there. Although she later, she later stated that they weren't meant to be, like, feminist, like, statements per se. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just, like, things that she wanted to say, which I thought was interesting. (laughs) Well, thank you for bringing this song. I love it. (laughs) 
Okay, so now we are ready for our next song.
because if I'm in luck, I might get picked up by Betty Davis. It was a single that she released in 1973. So for a few short years in the 1970s, no one made funk as raw as Betty Davis did. She sang bluntly about sex on her own terms. And her second album was titled Nasty Gal. So she was the original nasty woman. And she owned it. <laughs> no one was writing stuff like that before. It was radical. Like too radical that her record label basically dropped her after that album. And I read somewhere that she talked about her power in the bedroom because she had no political power. Mm-hmm. And she realized that women would light up when they heard what she had to sing. So she stuck to it. Um, and I feel like that's all we have in music now, like sex, hypersex, and, you know, all the Cardi B's of the world. <laughs> well, it's funny, because I was literally just thinking about this as you were saying that, um, you know, that song that just came out, WAP? Yeah. Um, but... I kind of, I kind of love it. <laughs> I do too. I had a little bit of mixed feelings about it, but then I was reading, like, all this mm-hmm. stuff where, you know, in hip-hop or like rap music men talk about that so openly like in the same way that she's doing it and exactly it's like the double standard Mm -hmm, and i was like you know what cardi b say it like it is say it raw you know and yeah yeah I i read an article where it had her lyrics next to another rapper's lyrics and it was the rapper talking the same way cardi b was talking about women this rapper was talking about women too so it was like if a woman can talk about this herself like why would we allow a man to do that but which is basically what Mm -hmm. hip-hop is now (laughs) i was i was telling my sister that i read this article about doctors agreeing with cardi b and saying that having a wet ass pussy is a healthy thing so (laughs) honestly everyone is coming out to her defense it's a great song yeah i i love it it. um (laughs) i'm gonna share some lyrics from nasty gal so you can see what i mean about like betty davis being the original nasty woman she um in her song uh nasty gal she says you said i love you every way but your way and my way was too dirty for you he was a big freak i used to whip him i used to beat him oh he used to dig it and all i could picture was miles davis being into bdsm (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay yeah, I, I had, like, kind of blue in the background, and I was like, okay, so you play this, like, soft jazz music, but deep down, you're just a freak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's where Betty Davis got her last name from. She was married uh, to Miles Davis, but her um, her maiden name is Mabry, or Mabry. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. She had a really good friendship with Jimi Hendrix and Miles Davis was super jealous Uh, but during their relationship it was Betty who introduced Miles Davis to funky music to Jimi Hendrix to Sly Stone and when you listen to his music after he met her it changes completely like if you compare Kind of Blue which is his most famous work 
Um, it's so different from what he released later, um, specifically talking about the album Witch's Brew. Uh, sorry, Bitch's Brew. Miles wanted to title the album Witch's Brew, but Betty was like, fuck that. Just title it Bitch's Brew. And he released this album a year after they separated. So in my head, all I could picture him doing is moping around, listening to all the music she introduced him to, and then releasing Bitches Brew. Because if you listen to it, it's super funky. It's like very upbeat jazz. It's so different from all of his previous work. So thank you, Betty Davis, (laughs) for giving some funk to Miles Davis. (laughs) Yes, so... As the original funk queen, Betty Davis took on the 1970s, 1970s establishment in America and changed the course of women in music forever. And then she vanished. She disappeared. So after her record label dropped her, after Nasty Gal, no one knew about her or anything up until very recently. And there's basically no live footage of her shows. There's barely any pictures, like all the pictures that you find on Google, that's it. Like you won't find any more. It's like a handful of them. So she's like a ghost. Weird. It's crazy. I know. So, um, so yeah, so 40 years later, uh, she finally talks about her story in a documentary titled Betty Davis, They Say I'm Different, which is a reference to her first album. That's the title of her first album. And this documentary was released in 2017, and I watched an interview of the producer, and he said it took two years to establish contact with Betty. Um, He started leaving her voicemails and basically just waited for her to respond because she she wasn't responding or anything. So he just waited it out uh, until she was ready to talk about her life and her career. Patience is a virtue. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, oh, this guy goes to great lengths to make this documentary. So when she finally decides that she wants to partake in this documentary making, uh, he asks her, like, why now? And she basically says, well, when I die, someone is going to make this, like, with or without me, (laughs) this is going to get made, so I'd rather be here for it, which is great because she, like, I guess she's taking her legacy into her own hands. Mm. Yeah. So this producer is the ultimate stalker. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that he was able to find the only footage available of her performing was through him going through old videos of festivals where he knew she performed. So this guy was going through like archives of music festivals and wasn't looking at the performances themselves. He was looking at the audience to see who was recording in order to track down anyone who could have possibly recorded Betty Davis. That's Isn't that crazy? crazy? Oh my god, I have That is insane. So many questions <laughs> like how do you fi- find out that person's name? Uh, connections. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Damn. I know. That is commitment. I was amazed. I was like, this guy went through all of that and waited for Betty to basically say, 
yes, I wanna I wanna do this with you. Damn. <laughs> well, I'm glad she said yes, and thank you, yes. dude, for your perseverance. Cause I think it's a great idea, or it's great that she's taking ownership of her own rep- reputation. You know, cause yeah, I think that's something that unfortunately not a lot of women get the ability to do. Yeah, exactly. And this was in the '70s, so we had the ability to record and to record her history and her performances and her image, but we didn't, basically because she's black. I mean, how much footage of Janis Joplin do we have? So much. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because she's white, probably. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's great. I love her. (laughs) But, I mean, she was, like, what, singing in the 60s? Uh, Janice, yeah. 60s, 70s. So how come we have, yeah, how come we have a lot of her shit and not, like, Betty Davis? What the hell? (laughs) I'm just saying. No, no, yeah, I mean, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in the documentary, she doesn't allow her face to be recorded, and you just kind of see her back and her shadow, and you can see her reflection when she walks like past the tea kettle, like mirrors, like there's very subtle images of her. And I think he, he asks her in the documentary, like, why, why don't you want us to show your face? And she's like, well, because I'm old. <laughs> like, I want to be remembered as what I was, like what I look like. Cause she, like her style was amazing. Like she wore like sequin shorts and like had that hippie rock and roller look mm-hmm. and she rocked an afro. Like she was beautiful. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. I I'm looking at her right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so her image was awesome. And yeah, so she was 72 at the time that they recorded this um documentary which came out in 2017 and you can stream it for free on Tubi so I would recommend watching it because we all need to know a little bit more about Betty Davis because she's great yeah and fun fact she is part Cherokee uh, which uh, they get into it uh, in the documentary because she becomes after she leaves the music scene because people try to control her image basically um, she became very spiritual. Mm. Um, yeah. So check out the documentary. Check out Betty Davis's music. It is amazing. And I don't know why more people don't listen to her. I don't know why we don't have as many Betty Davis t-shirts as Janis <laughs> Joplin I want... We gotta, we gotta start a t-shirt business. I, let me shout out to my friend Katie, who just actually started her own t-shirt vintage shop, maybe. There you go. Have her print out something like a Betty Davis t-shirt, and I'll buy it. I'm down. I also want a uh, polystyrene. Rosetta Tharp. <laughs> Yeah, all of that I will buy, okay? Because I'm guilty. I have, like, Beatles t-shirts. <laughs> I, all of the white musicians of the world. Did I not just say that I got a Janis, Janis Joplin t-shirt yesterday? <laughs> Guys, and I'm current, we are the problem. I'm currently, not gonna lie, rocking my Led Zeppelin t-shirt. <laughs> See? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta make these changes. All right. (laughs) 
TBD is starting their Great. own t-shirt line, guys. <laughs> yeah, we sh- we really should. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss after this recording. <laughs> All right, so check her out. And yeah, yo, I think we are ready for your songs. Let's play it. But we Christians are not ever intentionally Miss Church. album Jamie and black women have influenced rock and roll in the past and they continue to do so and Brittany Howard is a prime example of someone who is continuing to rock as we speak um yes yeah she is uh Brittany Howard is came to prominence or came to be known as the lead singer and guitarist of Alabama Shakes um, who I've actually been blessed enough to see live, like, more than once. And she is such a vocal powerhouse. Like, she's someone who, like, don't need no mic, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Her, she's got, like, this really, like, raw, earthy vocals that just, like, uh, they just hit your I know. soul. I know. Th- this feeling by the Alabama Shakes always makes me cry. (laughs) 
That's a great song. And um, I love that song. <laughs> there was another song that I was listening to recently that I forgot about. Um, but their whole album, Boys and Girls, is such such a good song. Uh, uh, such a good mm-hmm. album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Brittany Howard was born in Athens, Alabama, on October 2nd, 1988. She learned to write poetry and play the piano from her older sister, who died of retinoblastoma, which is actually like a rare cancer of the eye, which Brittany also has. Uh, but she, she was able to survive, but she's actually blind from one eye. Um, anyway, she's also the lead singer of bands Thunder Bitch and Bermuda Triangle. And when she turned 30, she decided to record an album based on her own personal beliefs and history. And that's when she recorded this album, Jamie, which is named after her sister, um, where she explores life and love as a queer woman of color, much in the tradition of Sister Rosetta, who she Yay. actually, she, <laughs> Brittany Howard was the one who inducted uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018. Yes! Which I thought That's was amazing. really cool <laughs> and kind of like bringing it a little bit full circle here. I um, know. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are super watery. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... I, I, I actually didn't know that she had this solo album, and I listened to it last night, and I really, really loved it. Uh, he Loves Me is a great song. The first song on there, History Repeats Itself, is also really good. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool. She, It sounds very different from Alabama Shakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alabama Shakes is a little like more folky country rock, but mm-hmm. I think she mixes like more distortion um and she has like some samples in there too which i thought was cool amazing i love it yeah so that's that's the great britney howard so if you haven't listened to her album and you should check out her how her induction of sister rosetta tharp it's on youtube i was totally watching it earlier today (laughs) that's awesome and also listeners when Yayo and I pick out songs. We don't pick out songs together. We pick out songs on our own, and then we come together. So I think we just came full circle here. (laughs) (laughs) Me introducing Sister Rosetta Tharp, and then you talking about um, Britney. I don't know. It just felt very full circle right there. (laughs) It's funny because I I chose Britney Howard, like, yesterday and then i saw Uh this morning that you had all this stuff and i did more research and i was like oh that's funny that she inducted sister rosetta tharp on there (laughs) that's amazing this was a meant to be moment (laughs) (laughs) for them and for us (laughs) yes yes thank you yayo for sharing that beautiful song i'm gonna listen to it a lot and for our finale, what do you got for us, Yvette? I have a song by the one and only. You know what? I'm not even going to say her name. I'm just going to let you listen to the song. And then we will talk a little bit about it. Hope you like it.
protected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. I am the dragon, breathe the fire. Beautiful man, I'm the lion. Beautiful man, I know you're lying. I am not broken, I'm not crying, I'm not crying. You ain't trying hard enough, you ain't loving hard enough. You don't love me deep enough, we not reaching big enough. Blindly in love, I fucks with you till I realize I'm just too much for you. You just gotta let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, baby. Hey, baby, who the fuck do you think I am? I smell that fragrance on your Louis Vuitton. Just give my fat ass a big kiss, boy. Tonight I'm fucking up all your shit, boy. You hurt yourself. Try not to hurt yourself. Beyonce with Don't Hurt Yourself from her masterpiece Lemonade, which was released in 2016. So I'm going to say something that might make people uncomfortable (laughs) or not. But to me, this is the best rock funk song of our time. Like Beyonce took rock back in this music and she channeled Betty Davis, Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner, Sister Rosetta Tharp, like everyone, like all the black women who paved the way for her to be who she is. Ah, I love this song. <laughs> it's a great and song. It's cra- yeah, and it's crazy because it doesn't really sound like her or her style because it's so different from what she makes, but at this point she's making everything. Like, what can't she do? Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this song features Jack White, best known as the lead singer of the White Stripes, Uh, but we're not going to talk that much about him because that's what we don't want to do, talk about white men that much. (laughs) Um, So they ran into each other at a party, as one does, you know, and um, he, she basically approached him and was like, I want to be in a band with you. I mean, if Beyonce comes up to you and tells you, I want to be in a band with you, Like, I would pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I watch her music videos, I try to imitate her dancers. So I'd be cool just being one of her dancers, like not even singing with her. Oh, my God. Dancing next to her. (laughs) I have totally done that. Specifically, one of my favorite songs to dance to of hers 
It's is it who run who run the world? No, girl? no, 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 no. It's gro- grown up. I think um, it's like mm-hmm. the last song in that album. Uh, interesting fact. So I took an anthropology of dance class in undergrad, and I remember we were talking about a type of dance called marabanta. I think that's what it's called, Maravanta or Meravanta. So in her music video, grown woman. For okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's the song I like to listen to, grown woman. Anyway, continue. <laughs> in the music video for Who Run the World, uh, sh- I don't know if you've ever seen it. She's dancing with two guys right next to her, and she actually she flew them in so sh- they can be part of her music video, and she actually flew to that country to learn how to dance Marabanta. And it's crazy because the learning, the dance academy where she went to learn this dance had no idea who she was. She like showed up and she was like, hey, I want to learn how to dance this and I want to take you on tour with me. And the guys were like, all right, that's cool. But they had no idea like who Beyonce was or like her influence and everything she is. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's really cool. I mean, I think in a way, maybe it was like a breath of fresh air for her too. Yeah, of course. To be able to... Now being recognized, finally. Be like a kind of maybe like, oh, this is what it's like to be a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yes, Beyonce always does the most because she can and because she basically likes to explore the origins of things uh which is what she did in her black is king uh movie uh if you haven't watched it i highly recommend you do because it is beautiful anyway back (laughs) back to don't hurt yourself so like i said this is beyonce's nod to the great black women who paved the way for her and for all music, basically, because all music is black music. Like, we can trace everything to black music. Like, when you think, what is American music? You think blues, you think jazz, you think hip-hop. That's all black. Yeah. And then when we when we think about cumbia and bachata and salsa, that's all black, too. Yeah. Everything. Thank you, black people, for your beautiful music (laughs) yeah and your like rhythm and yeah Yeah. for everything basically yeah exactly yeah so we don't really talk about um black women's legacy in rock and its formation but with this song beyonce swoops in to reclaim all of that and i love that and if you watch the music video for this she incorporates the malcolm x quote that i shared in the beginning uh from the speech who taught you to hate yourself because if you know what the song is about, it's basically about uh, Jay-Z's infidelity. Listen to the lyrics where she's like, when you hurt me, you hurt yourself, don't hurt yourself. Uh, saying basically everything you think you're doing to me, you're, everything you're doing to me, you're just hurting yourself, basically. Mm. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... The opening song might sound super familiar to you, especially the Led Zeppelin fans out there. Yeah, yo, you and your t-shirt today. (laughs) (laughs) Don't Hurt Yourself has the same drum opening as When the Levee Breaks, uh, which is a beautiful bluesy tune that Led Zeppelin released. Um, 
I don't know exactly what year. So she um, she's making a nod to that. But also, if you like do more research on that song, that is not an original Led Zeppelin song. This is actually a cover of uh, Kansas Joe and Memphis mini song. And the song talks about the experiences during the upheaval caused by the Great Mississippi Flood in 1927. So it's about slavery and it's about people working after a disaster. So Beyonce is not referencing Zeppelin. I guess she is because that drum solo in the beginning is one of the most sampled drum parts of a song ever. And actually referencing Memphis Minnie and Kansas Joe and slavery because that's basically the premise of Lemonade. Black feminism and trauma, the trauma slavery has on black love. Mm. So... Beyonce knows what she's doing. She's a genius. I love this song. This might be my favorite song by Beyonce. I say that now, but... (laughs) I was like, that's a bold statement. (laughs) I love it. I would kill to hear this song live. Um, It is a great song. I remember when Lemonade came out and I saw that she did a song with Jack White. I was like, oh, interesting. Because I would have never thought of them as, like, collaborating. Um, yeah. And then I remember thinking, I was like, oh, interesting. And I was like, oh, but that's cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. I would, I would love to know, like, what Beyonce listens to on a daily basis. Like, not just her influences. Because, you know, we always hear artists, like, talk about their influences. But I think that's different from, like, the music you vibe to most of the time. Like, I would love to know, like. When she puts her library on shuffle, like, what comes on? <laughs> so, yes, this is Beyonce reclaiming rock and roll, and it's beautiful. Put it on repeat like I do. <laughs> so, before we wrap up, we want to thank you for listening and encourage you to explore more music by the women we talked about today. The mistreatment of black women is systemic, and we got to change that, and change starts within ourselves. So continue to talk about these forgotten women and, you know, be the annoying friend that says, well, actually, you know, rock and roll was started by a woman, a queer woman. (laughs) Uh, Let everyone know. uh, Do more research yourself, because like we said, we are not music experts. We just love music and we just Google our lives away. And black lives matter, black women matter and black trans lives matter. Yeah. And there are so many other beautiful, powerful black women that we could not cover, like Minnie Ripperton, Nona Hendricks, Cree Summer, and Grace Jones, amongst many others. So go out there and rediscover rock and roll music. And yes, black lives matter. Thank you so much, Yayo, for talking about this with me and for, you know, getting down to doing some research. Oh my gosh, yeah, my pleasure. I learned so much, and like I said, the change starts, like you said, the change starts with us, and I gotta re-educate myself exactly. um, from all the shit that society has taught me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all that whitewashing, but um, yeah, so thank you. Yeah, of course. All right, we'll see you, or... <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see you all next week or whenever we release another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and sending good vibes to everyone. And thank you, Yayo. <laughs> Thanks, Yvette. I love you. I love you too. See you next time. Bye.